0: Um, I think it, if this team is to win the f**k, uh, win the f**k, win the cup. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to win the big f**k. <laughs> win that Stanley f**k. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, right, everybody. Welcome to the Bruise and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasberg, joined as per usual by Drew Johnson and Chris Gear. Uh, Drew and I just got back from the bar. I don't know if you would really describe that as a bar, Drew. How would you describe like gastro bar kind of thing?
0: Yeah, on the outside it says gastro bar. Resto bar. It says resto bar brewery bottling distillery. It, like, like
1: pretty much, if our if our good <laughs> friends all those Z. things
0: listed on the outside, you'd think it was like a like a. It's, like, just a fucking, what's it fucking called? Yeah, one of those. Convenience yeah, so I, store, convenience store, geez. So I, n-
2: I know gastro pub is, like, British and everything, but I don't know. I don't think it's good business to, like, start the name of your restaurant with, like, a thing you associate with, like, gastrointestinal distress. Really?
1: I th- oh. I feel like it sounds kind of hip. I feel like it's, like,
0: there's going to be bubbly shit
2: it's in the, there and the like only other dark lighting. Like, gastro... And like-
1: Slick services.
0: The only other gastro bar I've been to was because it was a gas station before, which is the Gastro (laughs) Pub in Bridgeton, Maine. Check it out. But it was a gas station. Well, first it was a gas station. Then it was a gas station with like burgers inside. And then it became just like we're like a bar now, which is really cool. Check it out. Bridgeton, Maine. Formerly the home, oh no, currently the home of Stephen King, right? Or no, he's in Banger now. I don't know. know. He almost died in Bridgeton.
1: Yeah, he got smoked by a car there. That was not great. Um, Anyway, we're not here to talk about (laughs) Stephen King. We're here to talk about (laughs) beers and hockey, apparently. And maybe a little bit of main authors getting hit by vehicles. Um, I'll start us off tonight. I stopped at another gas station that has now become a restaurant, as far as I know. Uh, On the way home from the bar with Drew, uh, I picked up a Shipyard Monkey Fist IPA, which I've never heard of. Um, But... Here it is. It's a pretty dark amber IPA, actually. Um, not super hazy. Uh definitely not gonna pass the Drew test, but that it it looks kind of more like a pale or like a typical pale ale, like a
2: looks like know, an I'm amber to, to me. I don't know what like an if amber the colors yeah. translate it's, it's, over here, but
1: it's a little bit it looks a little darker on the camera. Um it's got more of a yellowish tint than this, but it does kind of have the orange hue up top. It's got that deep amber. Um yeah, most of the IPAs I drink around here uh, in Portland, I feel like, are kind of your typical, like, very hazy, lighter-colored, like, milkier IPAs. This one is definitely thicker, but, uh, yeah, certainly an orange kind of sunset hue to it. Uh, drinkability. Um, pretty good. It's, uh almost tastes a little bit malted, actually, which is kind of strange for an IPA. It's not super hoppy. Yeah. Um, Let's see, make port and throw back a Monkey Fist IPA. This exciting blend of pale malts, rolled oats, Citra, Cascade, and Mosaic hops presents a full-bodied IPA, exploding with aromas and citrus. I don't know about. That. I'm not getting too much fruit. It's kind of an interesting malt. Pretty smooth flavored. Drinkability probably twenty-five. Taste probably about a twenty. Um, certainly, certainly can taste it, but nothing. That's. Typically, uh, none of them really jumping out at you. Kind of a smooth flavor. For, for a cheap, I think it was like six-pack or, you know, pretty
0: pretty solid stuff. A-pack. Um, I got an omission from Omission Brewing Co. Or IPA. Uh, gluten Reduced. If you missed it last time, I had an omission. They used to say gluten-free, but then I realized they switched the labeling to gluten-reduced, which makes me scared. Um but it's fermented from barley, a grain that contains gluten and crafted to reduce gluten. So they're they're traders, those fucking bastards. Anyway, it's a good beer and I'm mostly omated. Um tasteability. Check with Lancy to see what I rated it in the past. Uh tasteability is gonna be a thirty two right now. Drinkability we'll go twenty two. See Five.
1: See pictures of Stephen King being tweeted by Ukraine right now. Just randomly on Twitter. Some weird timing for that.
2: <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Um <laughs> I I've got a Mother Earth Brewing Company Tierra Madre Lager. Um Mother Earth most famously does the uh uh Cali Creeman. Um this one I had a couple of friends bring a six pack to a cookout we did and uh i ended up taking it home because it was my cooler so uh not usually big lager persons four and a half percent but uh this one goes down pretty smooth not that most loggers don't but this one it's got a little extra flavor to it you know um definitely passes the drew test you can see Drew right in there. I love um, that. That's a thing. Even though I've got a, I got a really thick glass right now, and it's. Uh, Does it magnify me? Yeah, it's distorting your face and all sorts of weird. Yeah, it's real cool, especially when you make weird faces. I love that. Um, Usual. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's light bodied, but kind of feels heavier to drink. It's like it's interesting. Like it's smooth, but maybe a little bit viscous. I don't know. Not like uh, not in a gross Ooh, way, but
0: I like that word.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It just it just hits different, you know. Sometimes um, it a do hits different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's go. Taste ability is low, but high for a lager. We'll go with like an eight. Um, drinkability exceptionally drinkable. Yeah, that's a 37. That's about as smooth as a beer can get. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention during the discussion of what we were going to talk about vis-a-vis uh, the Russia-Ukraine war, but I mean, I think I'm not revealing too much when I say we're all like, you know, anti-war and also, uh, you know, pretty anti-Putin and all that bullshit that he stands for. Yeah, um,
0: Putin.
1: Yeah it's been like really weird the last week. I feel like for me, like obviously working in news, you're like attached to this When you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm working in like, it's, that's the biggest thing that's happening in the world right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um But I feel like outside of there's the obvious, like, like, like Chris said, like I Russia is invading a sovereign democratic nation and it's, wholly unacceptable I know under they're not part of NATO they're not part of EU but like it's you know that doesn't matter they're they're people and it's unfathomable to see like you know not that there's not similar unfathomable things happening elsewhere across the world but I think here in the US it's it's a lot easier for people to you know relate to a place like Ukraine where they could you know see a lot of similarities to their day-to-day life you know and and there's a lot of fucked up shit happening in the world a lot of the time. Not to, you know, like be the spoiler Debbie Downer guy who focuses on that. But I think for people to see what's happening in Ukraine, and, and obviously it's a it's an Eastern European country. It's different from us, but it is very similar in a lot of ways. And, and you know, it kind of hits home to people. And one of the things that for me has been really crazy the last like week is just how, how seamlessly it's been like – brought to us via social media and like obviously in the news we're working on confirmed reports and um yes i don't don't think we have any fake newsers out there listening to our podcast probably but
2: yeah i think we um, probably deterred most of them yeah
1: like uh, there's a lot of like very careful work that goes into journalism and especially war reporting that makes it hard because of the fog of war and it's very difficult to tell what's actually going on and especially when you're working with a war involving a a country like Russia, where there's such a massive and and overwhelming misinformation campaign going on all the time, let alone when there's a war going on. Um, And then, you know, obviously, any war zone like that is is gonna be difficult to get verifiable information out of. Um, So you have to be very careful about what you can report and stuff. But then, at the same time, you're seeing. You know, as things are happening through social media, things are being posted and stuff. And that's one of the things that was crazy for me was, like, like when this first started at 10 p.m. Eastern time on, you know, a couple of days ago, was it wasn't Friday, Saturday. Um, it's just, like, crazy that I, you know, we could, we could pretty much hop on a Twitter or Reddit or whatever and see the Russian advances happening as they were happening and see people's homes being blown up in real time almost. And people taking and posting videos of, of missiles flying over their homes and and apartment buildings being struck and, and tanks being blown up and people's cars getting run over by, you know, it's just, it's, it's so weird to be scrolling through. And, and here in the U S like, I think a lot of people who aren't following the news regularly are following this. I had a friend yesterday who says like, I'm not usually tuned into like the news, but like how you know, this is something I'm like I'm glued to, and I don't get how a lot of people are because it's so ridiculous and and insane. But I feel like for the most part, even with that situation, like day to day life is is mostly similar here in the U.S. It's just we're all kind of watching this and, and hoping for the best and thinking about it a lot. But you know, we're all still going to work and that sort of thing, and sports are still happening. You know what I mean? It's it was weird to like like the pandemic, for example, sports shut down. There was no. Twitter, everybody was talking about that on Twitter, for example. And it's weird to like in, in this scenario right now, like be scrolling through Twitter and see like literal warfare going on videos from on the ground in Ukraine and things like that of war. And then also be catching like last night's hockey highlights. It's just, it puts you in a weird headspace. and I don't know. That's one of the things obviously that, that has stood out for me. It's, it's been really strange.
0: Yeah. I think just kind of going off of a, one of your thoughts there, just with social media, I think like things have drastic, like the internet has just drastically changed the entire world. And I think we'd be seeing a whole different narrative if this happened 10 years ago, even five years ago, even um, like it's just so brought to you front and center, like it's in your pocket. Like, it's just you can see this whenever you want. And it's right there almost in real time, like you said, Cam. And I think that's unlike any other <laughs> thing that we've ever known. Like, there's not been, like, a lot of, uh, you know, wars that have spread throughout the world's media that has been like that. And it's 24-7 coverage and all that. I think, yeah, f- fuck Putin and the aggression of the... The russians right now uh kudos to those russians who are brave enough to stand up and protest openly in russia which uh has resulted in many many arrests but you know people are still at it uh the people of ukraine like holy shit just hats off like just the civilians willing to fight as well and just even just being able to uh flee the country and get to safety that's a hard trek and and the, the, the difficulties there when you do the hardships you're facing that a lot of people are facing at the borders as well. Um, and just it, it's fucked. I'm glad that, like, in, in the actions that are being taken, the sanctions and stuff, it's swift. It's, I mean, it's fucking Switzerland got involved. That's how you know it's fucking bad. Like, Switzerland took a side for the first time almost ever. Um, and it worked out perfectly because they, they got the Swiss banks there. Which, uh, if you know anything about the Swiss banks, that's that's bad that when Putin's money's tied up there, that they're freezing that. So, um, yeah, it's just, and I'm glad that also like the sports world is like responding, the international sports world, I'll say, is responding in a like a responsible way, like the like FIFA, um, or. Was it FIFA or was it? I don't know, but there's the, they're banning international. Yeah, FIFA was
1: a little underwhelming at first. They, they ended up bumping it up a little bit more. And then IHF did some similar stuff.
0: Yeah. I think um, it was at first a lot of individual teams are saying we won't be competing against Russia. Yeah. Um, but, that, you know, that's starting to crop up everywhere. There's a couple teams that left the KHL. Uh, there's the, the Jokers, right? They're, the they sure the Swedish yeah. team or Finnish team. They're Scandinavian team it's finished um, i believe yes yeah, okay. and then another one another one left as well so like that's that's obviously happening which i think all that is good and i i feel sorry for a lot of the russian people who are caught up in that who are not in support of that and you see i'm not gonna say alexander ovechkin but i just think like people there there are certainly some people in general where it's become like a like an anti Russian thing. And it doesn't necessarily
2: need to be that it can be the uh, oligarchy that is there. The uh, Yeah. Uh, I think I, I just one last thing I would like to say on this is just about like being careful about how we speak about this in, in several ways. One uh, about what you just said, Drew is, is not making this necessarily an anti Russian people thing. Um, also like, kind of talking out your ass when you don't really know what you're talking about like people really holding up like artemi panarin for uh supporting uh putin's you know main uh competition over there politically uh also not a fantastic dude um so you know i I just uh, make sure you know what you're talking about before you open your mouth There's, there's a lot of stuff going on that you know, maybe, um, you know, there's a a lot of like anti-black and brown racism going on in in the Ukraine. And Mm -hmm. I I see a lot of people saying, look, now's not the time to talk about that, but there's stuff happening right now that is really important with the war with, you know, refugees trying to get into Poland and not being allowed in because they're black African people. Um, and just looking at the disparities between how the U S is responding to refugees from the Ukraine and, and not allowing people from Haiti into the country who are facing uh, all these disasters. And um, yeah, it, it, it's just t- tough to see like news coverage of, of this war and, and calling a country like ukraine like you know more civilized because it's in europe than than other countries that are facing wars and aren't being covered uh in the same way yeah that um, was the sky news guy right i think he was yeah, on the british news network this, yeah that, I, I mean it's not just that there it's oh, been, sure. it's been going on uh a lot
0: <laughs> yeah it portrays um, a, like a similar argument I'm like, so yeah
2: I, I would just say like I don't, it's, it's not okay to sit it out, I guess. Like you want to stay up to date and involved in this, but I would say, make sure you know what you're talking about before you open your mouth on things yeah. and get I it from kind the correct of like sources. What I, was saying,
1: what I was saying before, like, I, I think like it's, it's easier again for people to relate to Ukraine, right. In ways that they might not be able to with Haiti. And, and so I do get that, but what Chris said, still applies like if, if you understand what you're talking about you don't you're not required to have an opinion because this is 2022 and you're on twitter and there's a war going on you're not required to chime in so you can you know you can get likes or whatever like it's not that is the absolute no, like, worst
2: thing to do is to start tweeting stuff for likes jesus yeah don't like we're
1: not and, and you know what i mean it's just like just because you have a voice doesn't mean you need to use it on everything and if you're not you know what I mean? Like, none of us are, like, foreign policy experts. So you can, like, go within your right you know, and say, like, you know what's hey, really, what you know what's Russia's really doing is bad. But, like, you don't need to, like, you know, you, you why isn't NATO, you know what I mean? Like, like, don't dive into the shit that you don't understand if you don't understand. Yeah,
2: a, a real like, good thing to remember is that uh unless you have, like, hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter or are, like, a public personality, like Alex Ovechkin, I guess, is being told to speak up on this, and uh, he he did. He didn't really say much, but like, sympathize with the situation, like Drew said. But um, th- no one is clamoring for your opinion on Twitter. No one. No one's being like, "Well, Steve eight six five four seven five didn't say anything about Ukraine, so I'm guessing he's with Russia."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like the, some like weird fucking. Communist witch hunt reverse <laughs> shit going on here, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, like, I'm we don't have too much original shit to add here. Like, it's fucking insane to me that you know, I, I understand that what is going on is the decision making of a select group of, of just frankly evil people, and you know, that doesn't necessarily reflect humanity as a whole, but it is just it is sad that, like, over you know the past couple of years we've been dealing with this pandemic and as a species we're now just still killing each other it's just really sad but... in,
0: in classic form uh capping off a pandemic with a war in Europe that was yeah. stolen from a tweet i saw but it actually lines up with history which is really yeah. sad Learn history. That's a big thing. <clears throat> like the whole Spanish flu, oh, shit. Yeah. That, that was one other thing I wanted to say. This just like echoes history and like just like you yeah. think of World War II. And there are many instances before that that this is kind of just like, you know, there, there are similarities there. It's just like, can we just please like even if it's just like Wikipedia, just like learn and like take it with a grain of salt. But like, don't repeat it. I don't know.
1: Now it's time for a smooth
0: transition. Have you guys seen Manning in the Arena on ESPN Plus? I'm no. not.
1: I, uh, no, no, I don't know. I feel like I don't really need much more Tom Brady. I, mean, I know I'm not like a Pats or Bucks fan. I haven't been like, I, a big Brady. Like, I'm not anti-Brady. By any... I appreciate what he did for the <laughs> sport and stuff. But like at this point, having just like watched his entire career as like a neutral fan... And obviously, like he gets a lot of attention, rightfully so, especially over the last year. I feel like I can take a break for him for now, and then like come back in like another couple years and be like, oh yeah, that was cool. Like watch like the goat. But like for now, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of, a lot of Brady shit. Kind of. I
0: like that. it. I didn't. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I think I've watched eight out of the. I think it's ten episodes, and like it. I got to a point where once Brady left, like can't blame him but as a patriots fan i can't root for him like to do good with this other team like it, it wasn't like a ray bork situation where the guy never won a cup and he was traded yeah, to a contender yeah. <laughs> like he can get it, exactly like, like one, it's like one. i don't know you know what i mean he's Dammit, like, just, just fucking retired just fucking right off of the sunset of course he gets another but it, it like made me like fall back in love with like that era again it make me appreciate more like you know and obviously yeah. it's a documentary basically produced by him so it's yeah. kind of like a hey i am the best, awesome the Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool like he, he can do that because he is but um yeah so it felt like that in a way but it also made me like appreciate like you're looking back and getting behind the scenes at those moments like when they won their first couple super bowls especially like i was a little kid then i didn't know what happened that season you know <laughs> um so that was cool but Check it out. It's presented by Under Armour and Nerd Wallet.
2: <laughs>
0: cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook Portal. Hmm. Tom Brady's got some good sponsors. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Chris, you got anything to say out, about Tom Brady? <laughs> uh, I'm on the
2: topic. I don't know. I read an article today about how Tom Brady and uh, Donald Trump's friendship dissolved because Donald Trump loves eating McDonald's and Tom Brady uh, changed his diet when he married Giselle. Wow. <laughs> TB12 <laughs> method. Yeah. Not Donald Trump friendly.
1: You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Probably ate Diet Cokes a day doesn't fit into that, but whatever the fuck so it was. I, but... I
2: also mentioned in the article was that Donald Trump used to usually skip breakfast but would eat a McMuffin if it was around and then would also it
1: if it was around. they like would just stumble the one like, oh, yeah. I'm just going
2: <laughs> to the bathroom in the morning. Oh, it's McMuffin. I'll just eat um, that on the way. The ice cream machines working. He would also usually skip lunch and then for dinner we'd eat two big Macs and two fillet of fishes and yeah which is such fries a, disgusting and a coke
1: comment. i if you i i don't know i haven't had a
0: mcdonalds you know what? you know what? it's really it. it's really american at least yeah. so you can't you can't yeah, like, american at that point like that's out <laughs> american <laughs> mm. uh all right
1: let's just let's just let's just turn here this is great um a little bit of hockey talk i feel like uh it's been a kind of a, a quiet week for bruins twitter and stuff just because late games, that sort of thing. West Coast trip. Um, one thing that I have been seeing, even vibing here on the East Coast, is Fabian Lysel down with the Vancouver Giants on uh, the CHL, uh, the WHL specifically. This kid's going off. I mean, I, I, look, it's obviously you know it's it's Canadian Major Junior. It's good hockey, but it's it's not the NHL. It's it's not a lot of leagues in the world that, that you know. Walking through defenders in the CHL is not going to translate to walking through defenders in, you know, the AHL, let alone the NHL. But some of the stuff we've seen of this kid look really impressive. And uh, I've read some stuff about him and his his skating ability, his speed recently, getting a lot of attention down there. I don't know. Have you guys seen any of this or am I just kind of stumbling
0: on this on Twitter? Yeah,
1: It seems like he might be the real deal to, to some extent.
0: I actually got Ice Giant season tickets this year Yeah. <laughs> to watch him. No, I, I haven't seen a there. fucking thing. Uh, but that's uh, I'm glad he's doing good. I mean, I was ha- when they got him. I mean, I didn't know much about him, but it turned out like you know they kind of. They, it might have been a steal. Like he was projected to go higher and shit. So I was happy about that because usually it's the opposite with the birds. Usually they, they, fucking pass up on matt barsel but anyway i'm not one of those Bruins fans sorry um but it's good to see he's doing well because he's like the fucking like marshawn leaves who you got on on your wing i mean taylor hall's there cool david Posternock. then beyond that you need that guy you need him to be slotting in on that second line or hopefully the first line going forward if he's at wing yeah um
1: i'm saw an article from uh Let's see, where is it? Darren Hartwell of NBC Sports Boston. Um, looks like he talked to Barclay Parnetta, who, again, I'm not familiar with this person, but apparently spent 25 years in amateur hockey as a scout and professional hockey. scouting executive says he's seen two players who have had better skating ability than Fabian Lysel. They were Pablo Burry and Connor McDavid. So it sounds like this kid can skate. Obviously, you know this is a, a a big comparison to make for somebody <laughs> that young, but to see people talking about, you know, it, uh, obviously this this is probably a bit of a, a stretch, but to to even see the comparison being made, I feel like the Bruins have kind of lacked. I like the Bruins have had some really exciting prospects over the past couple of years, but they've been more of the the Charlie McAvoy's or the the David Posternock who are very skilled and and fit into their role very well. I feel like the Bruins haven't had. You know, obviously McDavid, but a uh, a uh, uh, Matt Barzell, which people are going to be like twenty fifteen draft, whatever, like that kind of explosive speed Jake guy, I feel like Jake Dubrasz. Yeah, was supposed to be that and hasn't really been it. I feel like the Bruins could use one of those like explosive wingers who just like, you know, every team, not every team, but I feel like a lot of really good teams, especially in the East. Your your Jake Etzels, your uh, well, pretty much a lot of like half of the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Those guys who are just really explosive. Um, I feel like the Bruins are kind of missing that in the young prospects. So if, if I mean again, this kid's only nineteen, but if they can work him through the system, uh, you know, obviously would be a nice addition down the road. But he's also a huge
0: trade asset that they have. If they're going to try
1: to do that kind of thing this year, you know, it's a whole other discussion. But
0: I want to hear what his mom has to say, and for that, we can call Matt Porter in. Uh, he has the remember no. get is matt barzell even good he interviewed his mom when he got drafted he?
1: yeah oh that did Before. happen
0: nice
2: i know i know matt barzell is <laughs> better than jake de but like i feel like people got really excited about him for one year and then he just hasn't been very good since then yeah i haven't really heard much
1: about him lately to be honest with you
2: i mean the islanders absolutely suck sorry mikey but
1: yeah like, i heard he's that, a good was, guy they were like really trending well and then
2: I I picked them to. I picked them to be though. the uh, East representative in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I think I may have too. Um, again, they they have had a a
1: pretty tough season as far as like COVID and stuff goes. Though I know they a lot of teams have struggled with it, but I know that particularly early in the season, they really got hit pretty hard. Um, yeah, so
2: sounds it's like not, just as far as seasons go, as well, they're having a pretty yeah. tough time. Yeah, not a lot of <laughs> other teams had to. Play all road games to start the season to wait yeah. for their arena to be. Yeah, that DRA. too. Yeah. <laughs> and then also on top of that, I think
1: there were like extensive COVID issues. So <laughs> a tough run of luck for the Islanders. Uh, but anyway, if you want to have a better run of luck, you can go to a certain place called DraftKings, isn't that right, Drew?
0: <laughs> oh yes. Hoops oh, fans, listen here, hoops fans. The <laughs> latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking. I'm talking between the legs three big finger looking good feel the sweat new customers can bet just $1 Taste on any sweat. team and get $150 in free bets if they when it's that simple if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still take a, a, a your shot at a big payday everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings sportsbook Nope. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: 21 plus minimum agent location requirements. vary by jurisdiction. in your afternoons.com slash sportsbook for fullest requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. a minimum five dollar deposit gambling problem. Call one 800 gambler in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline. one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpgorg chat. New York, call 877-Hope NY or text the Hope NY or text the Hope NY 467-369. Booyah.
2: Killing it! Ooh. What is happening? julie has <clears throat> <clears throat> got some. Is that a magic card? Is that magic yeah. or Yu-Gi-Oh? I'm not magic.
1: The Gathering. Speaking yeah. of the Gathering, I don't know. I don't have any segue there.
0: It seems like there might be something. Um, yep. the gathering of questions
2: or the gathering yeah. of uh, yeah. Let's gather some. Let's gather our people and have them uh, fax in some questions.
1: Where oh, do me. I? any
2: questions i tweeted out like an hour ago at the bar so it wasn't um
1: there was a picture I, of me i saying, like the response I I my response but yeah it's nice
0: i liked my response to your uh question
1: oh it doesn't exist anymore
0: it was it you deleted it don't worry about it there's <laughs> a picture of me flipping you off you deleted it that's a treasure i don't want to get banned like rijax
2: hashtag yeah. free rijax um
1: Rajak's not back.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, I empathize with the situation, and I know how stressful that can be having your uh, your Twitter not not so uh, deservedly banned.
0: Yeah, he yeah. told me about that when we went to. Yeah, you know, I didn't know I didn't know that happened. I just hadn't seen him like. Twitter hey, look! Or... You can't
1: be you can't be challenging NFL wide receivers to races nowadays. It's just not it's not within the acceptable lines of society. Um I don't know. Do you guys have any specific Bruins style? The Bruins are playing in half an hour against the Kings, uh as of when we're recording this episode. So nothing Beast Kings related. I'm looking uh, forward
2: to it. Jake Debrust uh, back. back. I don't know. I don't know like I feel like we talked about this the last time. Like yeah, he's just on one of those streaks. Like, I don't know. It's cool, good, give it two good, weeks. Good for him. To well, yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's probably gonna go out. six, seven games without a point. So yeah. Um we, we know what Jake DeBrusque is at this point. He's not ever going to be a great player. I uh, just kind of hope that either he he gets hot at the right time and the Bruins are able to move him for something significant, not significant, but something helpful, or he gets hot at the right time and it's the playoffs and the Bruins have him on their team. On the first line, maybe.
1: What do you guys Hell think yeah. of that? Like, putting him on, like if, if they don't move him, do you think they... I mean, again, it's its so dependent on how streaky he is, which is the a concerning history. But like, do you think they have a shot at keeping him up there if they don't end up moving him, or do you think they eventually fall back to the the comfort of the of the erection line?
2: It's it's interesting because I mean, I do think Craig Smith has that ability to mesh with a guy like Charlie Coyle. Like they, I, for as much as we talk about the Marcus Johansson Charlie Coyle thing, like it was a little bit overblown but I do really think that Craig Smith is a, is a much better player than Johansson and like the two of those guys together, like if they can work that out, like that can be a really productive third line. And if, and if Jake DeBrusque works on that top line, like Craig Smith is not a guy that needs Martian and and Bergeron to succeed. Um, So I I guess maximizing your assets uh, and putting Jake DeBresque up on that top line. I think it's smart.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, you know, with Cassidy, he's always switching up the lines, which one side of that is that I think sometimes he switches up too early, doesn't give guys enough time. But another part of that is he can see it's not working and makes the right call by making the switch early, or he sees like a combo that's that winds up really working that, you know, maybe people didn't expect to see at the beginning of the season. But here we go. Here's this random line out there that actually is clicking a little bit um but i i think yeah yeah the is super streaky but you know if you have bergeron on i really I think that's gonna be that's got to help in some capacity whether he's streaky or not he's got to be making some sort of impact somehow he's got to get like a point in there or something when you're playing with two guys like that or at least be a plus or something with bergeron backing you up there um uh I mean, I, I'd like to see it. I'm fine, like rotating with there right now because of just you have the reliability of Bergeron and Marsh on there, um, and like you said, Chris, like Smith and Smith and Coyle seems like it could be a good combo there. So um, I'm fine with it. I hope it works, but otherwise, I kind of just stand with you, Chris. Like if otherwise, if it's not working out, I hope he at least does some good and gets traded <laughs> for a good yeah.
2: value. Hey, good point, Drew thanks Um,
0: i stand with chris i agree (laughs) copy paste theme i feel like hockey's like
1: i don't know maybe a lot of sports like this but with hockey and line combinations i feel like it really highlights it where like you you see like kind of the jake de style streaks out of lines like you know like when you fire a coach how a team like usually does well the next couple weeks after it, or like maybe line changes kind of spur those things. Like, I feel like you see that a lot with hockey and, and with the Bruins where like they change lines and, Oh, this line looks like they've got it for two weeks and they're really vibing together. And even if there's not longevity there, I feel like it's still worth it. And and like Drew and Chris said, having the, having the like lockdown, you know, of, of Bergeron and on where you know, where you, what you're going to be getting out of them uh, and, and being able to rotate other people through as they kind of, you know, are getting hot to ride that hot hand. I feel like that works. And if you're still in points, you know, a couple extra points here, there in the regular season, just kind of riding the hot hand. I I have no problem with it. And then obviously I think come playoff time, you want to ideally lock into something that's a little bit more permanent, but I think right now just kind of riding the hot hand and, you know, trying to maximize guys when they're at their top peak isn't the worst thing.
0: I think like just the Bruins this year, it, it it's been kind of characterized as you know, this, this lineup just being constantly shifted, whether it was because of the COVID before, before the break, when the Bruins are starting to face that, whether it's Bergeron was injured for a period of time, Marsham was suspended. Like there's just all these guys fill in the gaps and then you have injuries and then you, you have COVID at the top of it. You have to comes back and then he's not back anymore. He retires. Um, just this whole season. It feels like it's just a big juggling act and, a big circus acting, you know, just kind of coming together with something that actually winds up working in some ways. And then you can meddle it from there. I think it's just in years past, we've always seen, especially with that top line there, uh, you know, the erection line, and then you got crechy with whoever the fuck, but you know, there's a little bit of consistency there, but it's been just kind of, what can we put together? Hala is the second line center. Yay. Um, I'll mention that every episode till I die. Um, I think it, if this team is to win the fuck uh win the fuck, win the cup, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna win the big fuck. <laughs> win that Stanley fuck. <laughs> um <laughs> if they're gonna go deep in the playoffs or win the cup, uh it's gonna be I think it's gonna be kind of based off of that kind of thing. Like you're gonna see a guy go down and they somehow fill the gaps and These depth young players come up big. Like it's gonna have to be something like that because, at least as they are on paper, they're not one of those teams. It's like, wow, I look line one through four and deep pair one through three, and I see them as like a huge threat. I think it's gonna be some of that that depth coming into play, and filling in like Debrus could be filling in on that top line there, (laughs) which is something I wouldn't have expected at the beginning of the season.
2: All right. Apologies for my quietness at points during this episode. One, I was trying to figure out what we're doing for the next episode. Two, uh, our offer just got accepted for one of the houses we bid on. Hell yes, yeah.
0: Chris I and still... I, Cam and I were talking about this at the bar. <laughs> yeah, I literally like an hour was ago happening was like, with that.
1: They, like, Chris said he was buying it. Did, like, did they get it? I, was, I literally said to you, I was like, I'm assuming at this point, if they haven't heard, probably not. So, but hell yeah.
2: Yeah, so we're still waiting to hear from our top option. Um... But we did get selected for our for our third choice, which is a really beautiful property that needs some needs some TLC. But I think uh, we'd be pretty excited to end excited, up living yeah. there. So,
0: Hell yeah. Well, me and me and Cam Let's will see, come the up there. We'll, right we'll, we'll here, do yeah, some. So. Uh, you know, Sundays are for picking stones, so we'll we'll come yeah. out there on a Sunday.
1: More hands makes <laughs> less work. Good buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah um all right stick
1: with us we got friday content coming in a few days or maybe now if you're listening later or
0: maybe this was friday content and what we're about to record (laughs) is monday content (laughs) we'll figure it out